One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. On DAB Plus, online, via the TalkSport app and on your smart speaker. This is the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. Yeah, very good afternoon to you. Welcome along to the uh, Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 and our IPL 2020 final watch-along. Uh, the Delhi Capitals won the toss and elected to bat. They posted 156 for 7, having been 22 for 3 in the fourth over. Uh, the Mumbai Indians reply well underway and they are looking good. 117 for 2 in the 15th over. The former England fast bowler Steve Harmison is once again with us here on TalkSport 2 and our cricket editor John Norman here as well as we take you through the final stages. We'll tell you about all the stories. We'll be discussing the best players in this year's competition. We'll pick our teams of the tournament and we'll have all the other big issues as well, including Steve Harmison's stinky head. It's the IPL final watch-along show here on TalkSport 2. Well, look, congratulations to the Mumbai Indians. Um, they are the uh, winners of uh, the uh, uh, tournaments. They've knocked off the 157 they needed, five down, and they've done it with uh, eight balls to spare. Um, just to recap where we, what we were saying earlier, Steve, in fairness, they were ahead of the game from the very outset. And in fact, the one thing I, I sort of made a note earlier... The first five overs and the last five overs for the Mumbai Indians in the Delhi Capitals innings were absolutely massive. After the first five overs, the Delhi Capitals were 35 for three. And in the last five overs, the Mumbai Indians took 39 for three. Um, that is a massive, massive... You know, that is half of your innings gone. And it's the time that you're trying to get off to a good start and also then finish on a high as well. And the Mumbai Indians took care of Delhi Capitals in both parts of it. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's exactly what I've got written in front of me. I thought you'd taken a picture of me notes here and you've pinched them. <laughs> but I've literally got first five, last five overs could be the difference between win and losing that was the opening bit because of how well Mumbai went and also how well they went with the, the first five of the of the, the batting as well when you are chasing I wouldn't say it was a modest toll you know, you know, 150, you know, 156 is not a modest total by any stretch of the imagination. 
But I think in 2020 terms, especially IPL final, pitch is getting better second half than it was first half. You'd think you'd chase that down any day of the week. You'd, if you were offering, offering to either side second innings, you'd say, yes, I'd, yeah, I'd love that. And the first thing you've got to do is put a hole in it from the very, very start. Quentin de Kock and Rohit Sharma did exactly that. Kigisa Rabada, for me, probably one of the bowlers of the tournament, um, his first over... Two fours, two boundaries from Quentin de Kock. And it just set the tone. It set the ball rolling for Mumbai. And one that they never really got. Once they got into sort of fourth, fifth, fifth over, they, they stuck it in third gear and just cantered to the finish. And, you know, fair play to them. Congratulations to them. They've been the best side of the tournament. Doesn't always win. But I think it has on, on this occasion. And I think it just shows the difference between Mumbai Indians and everybody else. And you're talking about football just there. It's probably like it was in the Premiership last year between Liverpool and Manchester City and everybody else in the Premier League. That's how far Mumbai have raised the bar. And like John mentioned before, when we come to the auction, it's going to be interesting to see who goes for who because that gap has got to be filled. I think the auction is a two-year, a two or three-year cycle, so teams have to get on the board, especially someone like CSK. <clears throat> and it would not surprise me if some of the England players come into the reckoning at that franchise. You mentioned the pitch actually a minute ago, and there, there have been a couple lately that looked a little bit tired, but they clearly kept a, a couple back for the for the knockout stages. I have to say, I thought this was an absolute belter. There was plenty in it early on, good carry as well, and actually, it was a good cricket wicket. There, there was there was a bit in it for everyone, and frankly, that's what you want. You, you just don't want uh, you don't want the, the batsman basically being like golfers, taking the big stick out on the first tee and just lashing it to all parts there's got to be something in it for the bowlers and actually there was there was in this strip there was definitely and there was with there always is with a brand new white ball for maybe 10 12 balls there is something especially in the warm conditions of of, of the uae and fair play there's been a lot of credit to mentioned on especially on the tv commentary about how how good it was from the likes of serav ganguly and people like that from the bcci to get this tournament on and to get this running and to put a spectacle on but yeah, fair play to the ground staff as well because the three pitches, in my opinion, have been absolutely belters. All three of them. The only one that I really think has deteriorated, now if you've got to pick one from three, that was Sharjah. You know, the scores come down. I thought the pitches got a bit slower and lower, but because of the size of the ground being so small, I don't think it really had like a huge effect on on on, on the tournament because of, yeah, you know, I think because of the ground so small, you, you it got away with it from a scoring point of view. So, yeah, you know, fair play. It was a, it's been a, a magnificent tournament and the worthy winners. And if I was England bowler, any one of them England bowling seam bowlers are thinking, if we're not going to India next year and we are playing India in. Dubai and in Abu Dhabi. Can I have a pitch like this, please? Because if I get one like this, I've got a good chance of getting a few wickets, especially especially in that 40-degree heat I'm going to be playing. And all season long, the Mumbai Indians have been head and shoulders above every other team. And now the defending champions are champions once again of Dream 11 IPL 2020. Back-to-back -back titles for Rohit Sharma and his men. Yeah, that was the moment a few uh, moments ago where the Mumbai Indians secured their fifth 
IPL title. Their first as back-to-back champions and, of course, doing it in the UAE with uh, the final in Dubai behind closed doors with only a few team owners and family and friends in attendance. So uh, not the normal sort of ticker tape parade. There were fireworks going around the ring of fire as the winning runs were uh, hit. But uh, the Mumbai Indians are now going through the process of doing all the interviews and celebrating. But it's it's bizarrely low-key. Steve Harmison is, of course, uh, still with us here on TalkSport 2, as is our cricket editor, John Norman. It's, a, it's an interesting one, this, as a player's point of view, Steve, because you want to celebrate. You've worked properly hard for six or seven weeks, maybe eight weeks or so, if you've been one of the players there for the, for the whole tournament and all of that. It's kind of difficult to know how to pitch the celebration because when you're one of a very few people actually in, in the ground, you look a bit of a burke if you go too hard, don't you? A little bit, but I think you you celebrate because obviously you've the, the hard work that you've put in. I think that's the only part of this tournament where the crowd has been missed, I think. Yeah, you know, as much as the IPL is great, and you always want the crowd in, and it's fantastic to play in front of all these people, but I think the skill level and the performance level has gone up a notch because of crowds not in, and we mentioned that before. But at this time, if you could just drop a crowd in, or you drop these guys into Mumbai for a split second to see the party and what it means to the people of Mumbai, then I think then you'll see a, a proper celebration. But at this moment in time, it is a little bit subdued because of of the surroundings that's in. I'll go back to 2005, Ashes in, in, in the Oval. Um, and I think, John, I think, John, you were there. We got told in the dressing room, we are, I've always I've been very critical of the ICC and the umpires because of this. And I've said it many, many times and wrote it many, many times that we got took off and we got to find out that we had won the Ashes inside the dressing room. And it was fantastic. You know, seven and a half weeks of pure toil against the best team in the world. But we have got 20-odd thousand people outside and we have just we have just been told. We've just won the Ashes in a dressing room. And it was a, not an anti-climax, but it was a little bit subdued. When we went outside, the, the, it went ballistic, it went off. And then you realise what sort of celebrations you could have. But for that split second when we won... It was just, it was just a little bit. It was a little bit flat because of, well, I thought we got cheated a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just giggling because I'm watching the the TV monitor. I've just seen and... that, yeah. <laughs> players are giving an interview and the owner's just wandering over and interrupting <laughs> and having a chat. She was like, you want, don't worry. Oh, and actually, that, I was going to come on to that later, but the ownership of the Mumbai Indians put in an absolute fortune. But just putting in a fortune doesn't guarantee you success. We see this in so many sports. Actually, their recruitment is tremendous. Look at this team they put out today. Rohit Sharma, Quentin de Kock, Surakumar Yadav, Ishan Kishan, Kyron Pollard, Hardik Pandya, Krunal Pandya, Nathan Coulton-Nile, Trent Bolt, Giant Yadav, Jasprit Brumra. I mean, Michael Vaughan put on Twitter earlier this afternoon that if you put that 11 into the World Cup T20, it would win. That's how good it yeah. is. And you can certainly see where he's coming from. Mahal Jai Wardner as well. You know, a new oh, of course. coach from a coaching point of view you go look at the coaching system that they've got there and the players that they've got they've had around like I said before they've only used 15 players and two out of them 15 have only played one game each in uh, Kulani and Yadav so it's been a it's been a team 
obviously it's been a squad effort. They haven't got a massive, massive squad. And they've only used five overseas players. They haven't used Rutherford. They haven't used Chris Lynn and they haven't used Mitch McLennan. So it just shows you not only have they played well, you know, they've stayed quite fit, stayed to the, the game plan. Um, and they've not, to be fair, they've, they've, they've looked head and shoulders uh, better than anybody else. The balance of the side, the spin option at the right times, the death bowling's unbelievable. And going into this game, you know, there was always something going into this game when you look at it. In three games, there was 11 wickets in the power play taken by Bolt and Bumrah against Delhi alone. So, you know, it just tells you how they've got all bases covered. Rahul Chahar didn't uh, get on, on the field today. He wasn't picked for the uh, the final. Uh, he's played in every game up until today. And actually, he's being interviewed at the moment. It looks like he's actually gone out and got a nice new sharp haircut that he wasn't actually given the chance, which maybe implies that he didn't know he was going to be in the side. But sometimes, Steve, you've got to have that element of ruthlessness that you've got... <laughs> Look, they bring in an off spinner because there's a lot of left-handers in in the opposition lineup. You know, that's the the lack of sentimentality that is actually required to win tournaments. You can't just say, "Well, you've played every game up until now, therefore you are, you know, you deserve to play in a final." If you if you're not there to do a job, then you're not you don't need to be there. Exactly, and it's a well-oiled machine. You talk about you know, the owner coming on before. They, I think they, they took over. They bought a hotel for the players to get, and we talked about it yesterday. That might have been, it might have been last week. Talked about the, the off-field having the, the the right balance in these bubbles. We've also got to have a, a ruthlessness when you're selecting sides, and there's no sentiment. And Yadav came in, and what did he do? He got out Shiki Darwan, who's been one of the best openers of the tournament. So I think they were vindicated by bringing the off-spinner in against against the left-handers. But I agree with you. If you're Chahar, you've got a nice new haircut, 15 games into the tournament, 15 wickets in, thinking, right, I'm going to get an IPL winner's final medal. And unfortunately, he gets a tap on the shoulder off Mahila Jaya Warden on the morning and say, sorry, I've got too many left-handers in here for you. You're not going to play. How... how yeah, how gutsy is that from a, a management point of view and how devastating is it from a player's point of view it is a difficult one to, to sort of to comprehend but when you've got the nice gold shiny trophy at the end of it and you know, you, you, as, a, as a group and a team you think right you know, best selection and we won the game I mean, John Norman, our cricket editor, is still with us. Um, John, just to um, bring you in here at this point, you know, we're talking about the squad that Mumbai have built. And actually, in a, in a sport where you have um, the uh, auction and all that kind of stuff, it, there's a real lesson to be learned about the players that you can pick up and actually putting together a team and putting together a bunch of players that works as a cohesive unit. There are a lot of examples, not just in cricket, but in many sports around the world of maybe chief executives or owners who maybe get a little bit excited and try and go for huge names because they wanted to be associated with that player. And that doesn't always work. You know, we're going to see it with the hundred, um, with, with the, the draw, you know, the auction that's taken place there. You actually have to approach this with you know, a, a, a sort of a sensible, clear mind of, right, what kind of cricket do we want to play? Where are we going to be playing our games? And what's the best team to get the result of that? 
Yeah, and I think that the IPL, um, if you put it up alongside all the other tournaments, domestic T20 tournaments in world cricket, are the league leaders in terms of putting in place a franchise system which rewards loyalty. Um, it's about building teams now. What are we, year 14 of the IPL? They've made their, uh, they've learnt their lessons the hard way. Um, they've made many of the teams that we've seen in the IPO over the years have based selection on the whim of a rich owner, on the um, fortune of the last game of cricket that uh, that was played, on icon players that are maybe um, a couple of years past their best, or even iconic players who've never actually learned how to do the do's in the shorter format of the game. As T20 cricket progresses, you see that less and less. It makes things a little less interesting, although anybody who was watching the Lankan Premier League um, uh, <laughs> the other week, when that was going... Come on, John, you know we all were. Well, look, for those of you who, who weren't, the Lankan Premier League is about the 15th attempt that Sri Lanka have, have, have made to put on a domestic T20 competition that will attract the same kind of players you see uh, everywhere else. Um, I think one of the players that was selected was a New Zealander who had pulled out of the tournament two weeks previously. So that just shows you there is still shambolic um, selection. There's still shambolic uh, reasoning behind T20 cricket, but you find it less and less in the IPL and you only have to look at Mumbai Indians uh, Rajasthan Royals these are teams that may only have the players um, playing for them for six weeks a year but they see them as two, three, four, five year players um, the, the BBL is another one very, very strong on this the, the, the blast in England is a little bit different because of course that's connected with counties so the players just flip between the two the 100 as you quite rightly say uh, will bring in um, players and how they're picked is going to be interesting but look at the Mumbai Indians side that won the 2019 IPL nine of the 11 players that won it last year are the same nine players that won it today. Now, that's obviously going to come in, going to pay off hugely when you come up against a team like Delhi Capitals who've never played in the final. Um, the two players that didn't play today, well, one of them you've already mentioned, Chahar, his figures from a year ago, by the way, well, a year and a half ago, four overs, no maidens, one for 14. So thanks a lot. <laughs> the other one um, is Mitchell McLennigan, who you may mention. He's in the squad. Didn't play today. His place was taken uh, by Trent Bolt. Now, both New Zealanders. But apart from that, there's not too much. Um, uh, there's not too many similarities between the style of bowlers. Um, but it just shows, doesn't it? They have a long-term plan in place Mumbai Indians. And you've got to say, it's absolutely paid off. Not just today, but last year as well. Talk Sport 2. 
It is the uh, IPL show, our Cricket Collective special, as we've been uh, bringing you the uh, latter stages of the uh, IPL final today. The Mumbai Indians are victorious for the tournament in the uh, fifth time and the first time uh, back to back for them. Uh, we've been telling you for uh, virtually the last hour we're going to be picking out teams of the tournament. Steve Harmison's been working on his for hours and I've now just worked out why because he's just sent me a WhatsApp picture. He's picked two teams. He's also picked a could do could do better 11. Um, so blimey, okay, this is going to take a while to get through. So gentlemen, um, we will be picking our team of the tournament. So what we shall do is, um, shall we start with our oak? So, Steve Harmison, in your team of the tournament, give me your openers. My two openers are Kiel Raul and Shikha Darwin. I think I, I, I probably had three others that I could possibly pick. Bear in mind, you've got to pick a team with four overseas players because that's the rule, um, what you've got in it. Well, it's in also your... 11 in a side, but apparently that was a struggle <laughs> for you. 11, 11 in a side, and you've got four overseas, like, exactly what the IPL says. So, could have gone for Padical, who I thought just fleet, petered out a little bit, Quentin de Kock or David Warner, but I went for Kiel Raul, six, 670 runs, an average of 55, and Shikadar went... Two back-to-back -back hundreds, um, four half-centuries in 16 games. Got to the final with Delhi, 603 runs in 16 games. I, I thought he deserved... I thought Shikha Darwin deserved to be in there. So Rahul and Darwin are my two openers. OK, John, your openers are? Yeah, I've done the same. Uh, Kale Rahul and uh, Shikha Darwin. And look, everybody wants to be an opener these days, don't they? And it seems to me to be the place that all the kids are growing up uh, learning how to play as well. So, you know, to actually have a place at the top of the order, you've not only got to be good, you've got to be consistently good. And if you look at KL Rahul, if you look at Shikha Darwin, and even David Warner, who I did toy with putting in there, it's uh, there's no flash in the pans. You only have to look back at the last two, three, four IPL tournaments to see that they are always up there. So consistency, check. Uh, experience, check. Um, and have they uh, weighed in with the runs? Check. So uh, it's a real tough one. Um, but yeah, Kale Rahul and Shikha Darwin too, of course. Two players, this is, a, this is a fascinating thing with the sport we love, who absolutely nail it in the IPL. They nail it in 50-over cricket, but both have been found out in the longer format of the game, playing for India. Absolutely. Uh, I went KL Rahul and uh, Harmi mentioned him. Devdutt Padikal. Mm. Um, just for the yeah, simple fact of uh, someone new on the scene came in and delivered. Didn't know anything about him before really this tournament, but he's, uh, he's certainly one to watch going forward. Right, so those are the openers. Now take me through your engine room then, Harmi. Um, your batsman. Let's go three, four, five. I've gone uh, Shurikuma Yadav. At number three, I think he's been a breath of fresh air for, for India. I think he's been unlucky not to go to Australia. Um, I, I think, I, 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 looking at Rohit Sharma, has had a, a Mumbai Indian, Rohit Sharma hasn't had the, the greatest of tournaments bar the final. And I think the two young men in the uh, two men in the middle order for Mumbai have done brilliantly well. So I've gone Yadav at three. I've gone Ibi de Villiers, one of my overseas, keeping wicked at number four. Um, could have gone Quentin de Kock, but I didn't want too many Mumbai players in there. So I've gone with de Villiers and I've gone for Ishan Kishan, who I think has been absolutely brilliant. He was at the end of there, at the final. 13 games, 483 runs, consistent four half centuries, an average of 53, um, best a top score of 99. So there's my three. Yadav from Mumbai, RCB's 
uh, A.B. de Villiers and Ishan Kishan from Mumbai. John Norman, TalkSport Cricket Editor, your engine room then. Well, I don't know what's going on here. And look, we have shared our teams around. But again, I'm with, uh, I'm with Harmy. If, uh, if in answer to the question, who makes your uh, IPL 11, the answer doesn't involve A.B. de Villiers, then you don't understand the question. No. He's in there. <laughs> yeah. He can be your wicketkeeper, he can be an opener, he can be a number three. Hell, he could probably bowl a little bit of spin as well. He's just one of those players that if you like, well, entertaining, if you like cricket, you want to see him play. And you can't see him do that in any other tournament. He's going to be sitting at the Big Bash in a couple of months. There is a whisper that he's going to be back, though, for the World T20. Um, it won't come uh, soon enough for him to play against England. I think he's got to play a little bit of fr- a little bit of domestic cricket before he's welcomed back to the South African side. But you've got to get A.B. de Villiers in there. And at times this year, he showed that he's lost none of his touch. Um, alongside him, Yadav, as you say, you know, I mentioned about the consistency of the openers. Now, Yadav is a player that for the first uh, four or five years of his career as an IPL player, you know, he struggled. But the last three years um, have seen exactly what he's capable of. Back-to-back winners. You know, he's got a two-time IPL winner uh, in the last uh, couple of years. So he's in there. Um, And, you know, Ishan Kishan as well. He's one of those players that we were commentating on three or four years ago, wasn't he, guys? Mm. Yeah. And again, he's just a wonderful touch player. He was there at the end today. Um, So, yeah, I mean, India's just blessed uh, with uh, with middle-order batsmen. You only have to look at the Delhi Capitals uh, and Mumbai Indian teams to see that. Um, So, yeah, they're my three in the engine room, as you describe it, Maka. Okay, um, what... Typical me. I've, I've been perverse and I've gone slightly different. Um, I'm not sure which order they're going to bat in, so I'll just give you uh, three names. Um, Virat Kohli. I can't believe that he, he's not got a mention before now, so I'm throwing Virat in. Uh, I'm also having Shubman Gill. I like the look of him at KKR. I think he's doing a cracking job. And I have had to leave A.B. de Villiers out of my team. We don't uh, understand the purely... question. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> but no, for a reason and that involves questions. I've had to include... Benjamin Stokes, because if Benjamin Stokes had been available for the Rajasthan Royals throughout the tournament, where would they have been? And it, there's a very good chance that I'm going to have to talk to him at some point in India in a few <laughs> weeks to come, so I need to keep him on side. So Benjamin Stokes gets the Who, nod for me. Who's your captain, Macca? That's a very good question. I haven't actually decided. Well, it's Kohli, isn't yet. it? It's got to be Kohli. It have to be, isn't it? Yeah. And, and he's, he's been a captain for eight years and has never won an IPL. Yeah. Uh, that's for me. I just—it's baffling how RCB get into that position. You mentioned it before the franchises and having a, a structure towards what you're trying to do and not play it off the hoof. And I think for me, RCB are the biggest ones, the biggest culprits of not having a, a four-year plan or a three-year plan. It's literally let's get four of the big hitters in, stick them at the top of the order, and hopefully, hopefully we can score 20 more runs than anybody in the opposition. Well, it doesn't always work like that. And I think because of the batters they've got in there, Coley especially with, you know, with De Villiers and, and, and Finch, you know, that, that weakens their bowling. And I think that's, that's why Coley hasn't gotten in my team um, because he's not, he's not won anything really in the IPL. They only finished fourth for the first time in, in a few years. So uh, for me, they've underachieved. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to Visit Barbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Yeah, very good afternoon to you. It is the Cricket Collective on Talk Sport 2. We've been uh, watching along the IPL final for uh, 2020, the Mumbai Indians victorious. Steve Harmison and John Norman with myself, Andrew McKenna. And we're with you for another half an hour and we're still picking our teams of the tournament. Um, a lot of the names are, are pretty similar throughout. So let's get to the lower middle order, gentlemen, at this point. I guess, I guess we're talking all-rounders here and we're probably talking numbers six, seven and maybe number eight. So, um, Harmy, where are you looking at this part of uh, your Yeah, team? I, I, I tried to get... But I, I just in the end I had to go with Marcus Stoinis. I think one of the big reasons Delhi Capitals have getting to the IPL final is largely down to the way Marcus Stoinis has played early, especially early tournament, and then you know the last couple of games, 16 games, 352 runs and 12 wickets. I think their numbers from an all-rounder point of view says at all. So this is the one I really struggled with was number seven, finding a number seven. I nearly chucked Sam Curran in because I thought. Sam Curran's done a great job for Chennai, but he's never really been. He's, he's been higher up the order than that. And this guy, another one who's been higher up the order, he batted six today in the final, but he has batted at seven, and that's Hartik Pandya, who hasn't bowled in the tournament because of his back, but he got 60 off about 20-odd balls, 13 games, 278 runs. For me, Hartik Pandya, again, devastating at the bottom end. He's hit 25 sixes um, in, the, in, in, his, in his IPL. And number eight... Probably the second, second, third best bowler in the tournament, and that is the Englishman Joffre Archer. So my six, seven, and eight is Marcus Stoinis, Hartik Pandya, and Joffre Archer because I think Archer's been 
again, like Curran with Chennai, I think Archer's been, you know, one of the only positives out of the Rajasthan franchise and fantastic signs for England if Joffre can bring that back to wearing the three Lions. So, John Norman, um, your all-rounders then? Yeah, slightly different, thankfully, uh, from Harmy. Um, I also go with uh, Kyron Pollard. I mean, as I was saying earlier in the show, strike rate of 192. Um, and when you look at where international T20 is, then really you don't look much further than the kind of game that the West Indies are putting together. Um, this is about scoring sixes, this this game. Uh, and we saw that the last time a World T20 was take, took place. Back in 2016, we know what happened in that final over. Essentially, West Indies put out a team where, on average, every single one of those batsmen will score one six per six or seven deliveries. And in the case of Andre Russell, you can bring that down to a six every five now, he's had his injury problems in this tournament and throughout his career in the last couple of years. Kyron Pollard uh, is uh, cut from the same cloth. you just got to get him in your side. Certainly for me, in a, in a sport that draws the biggest hitters, he's still one who stands out. And so uh, he makes my side. Hardik Panja is in there as well because... When you add the bowling, and we didn't see that this year, as Steve said, then he's, a all, he's an all-round package again. You know, he was perhaps over-promoted by India earlier on in his career in the longer form, but in the shorter form, he's an absolute go-to man. Um, does Joffre Archer tick the all-rounder box? Well, he certainly, he certainly brought to his game a strike rate um, that suggests that, you know, when he was... Uh, Growing up in Barbados, he was also uh, part of the hit a six every six balls as well. <laughs> uh, he's been a revelation again in this tournament. He's played the game uh, brilliantly, whether batting or bowling, stood out um, uh, amidst uh, a real disjointed and misfiring Rajasthan side. So for me, when you're making the makeup or working out the makeup of your attack, you do have to get some variety in there, I think. It comes out between Archer and Rabada for me, um, and Archer just shades it. Uh, I go uh, Pandia as well. Uh, I've got Archer in at eight, and in between them, I've got Rahul Tuatia. And the reason I've got Rahul Tuatia is basically down to one match, and you know which one I'm talking mm. about. The one where he was playing so badly that the TV commentators were just calling on him to get himself out, put himself out of his misery, and then actually give the team a chance of winning. And then he started middling them uh, and put it all out of the ground, and he won inside the game. And frankly, that would be one of my moments of this year's IPL so I had to get uh, Rahul Tuatia into uh, to my side just for that reason alone right then uh, we're nearly there 9-10 Jack um, so Steve Harmison where are you looking yeah just before that I want to mention just one thing John was mentioned Go there on, on Jofra Archer Jofra Archer hit 10 sixes in this tournament that's one less than Virat Kohli exactly the same as uh, Suri Yuma Kumav uh, Yadav sorry and two less than Shikha Darwin. So, you know, he for me for the he was he was he was decent with a bat as well when his team needed him because his team needed him. When you mentioned Tuatia, his team there, Joffre Archers, Rajasthan needed Joffre Archer just as much with a bat as they did with a yep. ball. So I'm going nine ten Jack. I'm going with uh Kagisa Rabada as my second uh, fourth and final overseas player. Um I think he's been magnificent. Varun Chakarati 
as my spinner. Oh, what a story. Because I think the story, the way he's played, um, he's now going to Australia. I think it's fantastic. And the number 11 is he picks himself. You, know, you asked the question yesterday, Mac, and I struggled to get the answer because of how good these two guys have been. I had to get them both on my team. And I said, Joffre, uh, Jasper Brummer was probably the best all-round all-format bowler in the world at this minute in time. So number nine, Kagisa Rabada. Number 10, Varun Chakavati. And number 11, Jasper Brumra. So John Norman, to complete your side, you've gone for? I've gone for Rashi Khan, the old classic, really. Um, uh, again, dependability. Um, he's been there, done it. And just uh, such an exciting, even now, he's an exciting talent to watch. Uh, Jasper Brumra, how can you not pick him? Um, you know what? I was watching the test, uh, the uh, which chronicled Australia's uh, journey from Sandpaper Gate through to the Ashes draw <laughs> uh, in 2019, <laughs> and uh, there was a series that I kind of forgotten actually, although I followed it at the time, uh, and it was uh, when they were coming up against India, Australia against India, and Jasprit Bumrah uh, and Marcus Stoinis is one of the most straightforward and honest cricketers you'll ever hear from. He just did not have a clue. Now, he was out first ball today, um, Stoinis, so he didn't have, uh, didn't have to come up against his adversary. But I saw it earlier on in the tournament again. When one bowler has got uh, such command over the skills that uh, Bumrah has, sometimes there are batsmen that just they just do not know what to do. And you see it time in, time out. So Bumrah's in there. And for me, just for a bit of variety, and because, of course, I do have a New Zealand-leaning uh, uh, and I did put this put his name down before today, guys. It's got to be Trent Bolt who uh, returned to haunt his own old side today. Who has just been named uh, player of the tournament? Well, there you go. He's in my side. There you go, indeed. Um, Devdutt Panikar, by the way, was the uh, emerging player yeah. of this year's tournament as well. It's uh, been confirmed. So between us, we're we're picking up on the uh, the awards here. Uh, I went Rabada. I've also gone Norkia purely on the grounds that. I think he was largely a surprise in some respects. I don't think he would have had anywhere near the impact if we'd had an IPL in the subcontinent, but he found these pitches to his liking, and Norkia has definitely been a real emergence. We obviously got a really good look at him in the Test Series in South Africa last winter, and there's definitely something about him. And I've gone for Yuzvi Chahal as, as my spinner. I think he's, uh, he's too good not to have in and around, so I quite fancy him as well. So um, I think we've got some decent sides, all things considered. You certainly get a decent game of cricket if we put one up against the other. Uh, I, I don't know who would win, but frankly, that, that doesn't really matter. But I think, I think we've done pretty well there. Are we, are we all happy or have we have yeah, very much someone so. who we've desperately missed out on? Your, your pick of Nokia, John, you might know more than me, but who did he replace? Because he wasn't the first pick in the Delhi Capital side. And I've been trying to wrap my brains and I can't think of who it was he replaced to get into this IPL this year. That's a very good shout. Um, Macca say something and I'll try and work it out. <laughs> okay, I can't remember. Who can type I into just, Google fastest? <laughs> I just know he was a replacement for... But other other options, I really struggled Macca with number seven. I, but I put Hartik Pandya in. I struggled with my spinner in picking. I had Chahal down. I also had Axar Patel down. I had him in there. He didn't. His numbers aren't great. But he actually controlled the game very well for Delhi. Leave, I've between. just found out who it is. Chris Wokes. I can't believe it's Chris Wokes. Well, yes, <laughs> it I would is. not That's know that. Not, exactly. 
should have known that. But and the other Sorry, only other seamer who started really, really well, house on fire for the Kings Eleven, was the experienced Mohammed Shami. But he petered away a little bit. So they're the only other other name I could throw into the hat. But Nokia. I think since we seen them for the first time in Pretoria, I think it was on Boxing Day, I'd be so impressed by that guy. Well, I said to, uh, I was speaking to Neil Manthorpe the other day about Norkia, and I was saying he uh, described him on a show we were doing together about South African cricket as being uh, a play who burst into the consciousness of England cricket fans in the series that you just mentioned, Steve. And Man has replied, well, he burst into the consciousness of South African cricket fans as well because they hadn't heard much of him before. Uh, he did what he did. Uh, was it really at the start of this year? It seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> it was. It does feel like a lifetime ago as well. And, you know, fingers crossed in you know, a short space of time. The England players and the South Africans going together as a in a white ball competition. The two squads that have been picked, I think it's going to be a one humdinger of a series because I think some of the England players will come away from this IPL full of confidence. Some will be desperate to get out there and get a game. And some of the South African players, you know, it's just a pity that you mentioned before, John, or Maka mentioned before, it's just a pity we're not going to see A.B. de Villiers against England because that would have been brilliant. If we could get him against England and then go for the, the World T20, you know, how strong would South Africa be in that competition? I think he will play in the World T20. I think it's just a timing thing. Um, you know, it was um, a contentious time when A.B. de Villiers stepped away from South African cricket. And, of course, he, he dallied with only going uh, playing 20, 20 cricket. He kind of made a suggestion he wanted to get back into the World T20. And uh, the lot, when it was originally going to be played... Oh, no, actually, it was the World Cup last year. Yeah. And they waited for him you know, till almost the 11th hour. It didn't happen. So, yeah, I think he's got to play a little bit of domestic cricket and then he'll be back. Well, as Manners mentioned uh, to us when we spoke to him a few weeks ago, Harmy, there was also the small matter of him keeping wicket and apparently he couldn't do that because of his back. Uh, well, it seemed to be all right for the last few weeks for the uh, the RCP. Uh, we did mention the England players there just a moment ago. We've been keeping an eye on them throughout the tournament and in the final part of uh, today's Cricket Collective IPL special. We will be taking a look at the performances of the uh, Englishmen in this year's tournament here on TalkSport 2. <laughs> A century to remember from one of the greatest contemporary cricketers, Ben Stokes. And there's the answer from Butler. That's a fantastic shot again. Bowling straight through, Warner swinging a miss. Archer cleans him up at 146 kilometres per hour. And he's given that a thump. What a way to go to 50, that is, from Owen Morgan. Chance, yes it is. Very good, Chris Jordan. Boy, has he got good hands. Where Sam Curran likes it. He loves it there. Oh, Best is taking the Mickey now. He, he's just picking spots. Some cracking performances from the English players in this year's IPL, and we've been uh, discussing them for the last few weeks here on TalkSport 2. Uh, Steve Harmison and myself, Andrew McKenna. John Norman is with us today as well as we round things up. All things considered, you know, boys, I think the English performances have been pretty good this year if we look at with the bats. Owen Morgan, what, 418 runs at 41.8. Johnny Bairstow, 345 at just under 31.4. But, of course, he got edged out because of the overseas player rule. Uh, 3.28 runs in 12 innings for Joss Butler. 
Ben Stokes, 285 in eight innings, so a 40.7 average for, for Stokes. And as we mentioned earlier, you can't help but wonder what the Rajasthan Royals would have done if uh, he was available earlier in the tournament. Of course, he wasn't for, for very obvious and serious reasons. With the ball, well, we've already mentioned Joffre, 20 wickets at 18 and a quarter. Sam Curran, 13 at 26.5. Chris Jordan, 9 at uh, 33.8. I was a bit surprised Tom Curran didn't get more of a, a look in, I have to say. Um, three wickets in five innings, although unfortunately his numbers in black and white don't really look good. And sometimes that is more telling than the actual reality of it. Uh, three wickets at 69.3 with an economy rate of 11.4. So overall then, chaps, how do, how do we rate the performance of the English players? Yeah, I think there's a lot of... A lot of the lads will come back relatively pleased. I thought Joffrey Archer was absolutely outstanding. I thought he was up there with Robada uh, and Trent Bolt as the leading overseas players of, of the tournament. I thought Owen Owen Morgan did brilliantly. He got dealt a, a difficult hand there, having to take over um, from Dinesh Kartik. Um, for me, yeah, i will be in a good place if they name Owen Morgan as captain next year, if he goes back as captain. Um, I thought Sam was a shining light in... The only positive with what was a, a poor CSK, you know, CSK side and a, an agent side that looked exactly what they were. They were, they were, you know, they were they struggled in the field. They struggled to get off the quick, quick fast starts. Um, and they didn't have the, the bowl attack to go with it. So I think Sam can be proud of, of the way he's done and he's in his IPL tournament. I think Tom was just unlucky, a little bit like Tom, Johnny Bairstow. Tom will come back and think, well... I was going all right until Ben Stokes arrived and he's got a play. <laughs> Again, like the Sunrisers, you know, he's got no chance of playing. Same as, as Johnny. The minute Kane Williamson was fit from his hamstring injury and Kane Williamson played, Johnny was going to be out of the team because they're never going to drop Warner. They were never going to drop Rashid Khan and hold a balanced their side out. Well, Tom was in a similar boat. So in, uh, the disappointing one is, is Mo and Ali didn't get enough of a, a, a crack. Tom Banton, the same, didn't get enough of a crack in for me. John Norman mentioned before, you know, the question about A.B. de Villiers. You know, you know, the, the, it's not a question when you're talking about T20 and A.B. de Villiers. But who, I think the same person who didn't pick A.B. de Villiers in their best 11 is the same person who thought Joss Butler should bat at number five because that is ludicrous for me. Joss, yeah. Joss Butler should not be batting any lower than four in a T20 side, and I think four is still too low for somebody like Joss. I think he's we've seen at the top of the order, he's devastating, and that was probably the the, the thing with the the English side. The other one was was the only other one that was in, involved was uh, Chris Jordan, who I thought again, I'm not sure Kings Eleven knew what to do with that overseas sort of four-man team to, to get him into the side because when he played, he did well, but he didn't play that many matches for for for, for the Kings eleven. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. John, throwing it forward to next year, I mean, uh, Harmy and I spoke about this yesterday, so I'd just be interested to get your thoughts. Obviously, I think Jason Roy will come into to some thoughts next year. Uh, Chris Wokes will be gutted to have missed this year's tournament. Hard, fast, bouncy wickets uh, and nice wickets to try and plonk it out of the parking. Uh, yet next year, he'll be presumably heading back to India and might find it a little bit tougher. But the interesting one is Joe Root. We know he's desperate to play T20 cricket. At the moment, he can't get a look in for, for England. It might 
might be that the IPL gets him an opportunity to show around the world that actually he can do it, and it might be that is the opportunity for, for Joe Root to bizarrely get himself a, a, a spot in the England side as a result of playing in the IPL. Yeah, if it wasn't for an Ashes series at the end of next year, which essentially is going to, in all likelihood, be his last foray in international captaincy if he loses, then maybe. I just think with the amount of cricket that England have got to play next year, and if they do play five tests against India, which is unlikely, I think it's more likely to be four, You've got two tests against Sri Lanka in January, four tests then uh, against India. You've got a full summer of international cricket with five tests against India if they come over, plus Sri Lanka and Pakistan playing 50-over cricket. You've got uh, an Ashes series away. I think that Joe Root would be better served just saying, do you know what, I'll allow it for a year. Concentrate on the Ashes and long-form cricket because that is where his reputation as England captain is going to rest. Mm. I don't think six weeks uh, potentially sitting on the sidelines in India is going to suit him, his body, his mentality or the England cricket team. So uh, I think Joe needs to, if he is offered a, a gig because he's put himself forward for teams in the past and he's never been picked up, um, I think Joe would be better served uh, representing England for the next 12 months and then seeing where he is. Mm. Be, where, do you, where do you think he would fit in? Because I, I, th I, I think he would fit in it. He'd fit in perfectly in between De Villiers and Coley if Coley opened a baton for RCB and give them that Kane Williams style, Williamson style structure to bat around in that in that sort of powerful batting unit. I think Joe would be perfect for the IPL. I, I agree with what you're saying. I think he, he 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 could put England first, but I think if he's offered it, are you? Why I mean, not? think. Well, because he'll, he'll be crocked, he'll be knackered. Because, look, if Joe Root plays in the IPL and the World T20, if he does, as Macca says, force his way back into the English side via the IPL, the guy is going to be playing 10 to 11 months of cricket before going to Australia. Mm. I don't but think that's... I don't, not that something has to give. So is Joffre Archer, so is Ben Stokes, so is... Uh, Josh well, Butler. So well, hang on. I know he's got the captaincy to go with it, but well, that, and the captaincy is is a massive thing. Yeah. Ben Stokes, for reasons that we know, has had a little bit of a, a, an enforced absence. Joffre Archer's taken the big bash off, um, and you're going to see some kind of squad rotation as well. There's no mm -hmm. way with the amount. Do you know uh, Tim Wigmore wrote a piece in the Daily Telegraph, um, or possibly no, it's Nick Holt actually in the Daily Telegraph. If England play all the cricket. They, they are supposed to play in 2020. I think it works out as 127 days of cricket. So you wow. cannot be playing a six-week IPL on top of that, as well as a World T... Well, no, that includes a World T20. But something's got to give. Mm. So, um, yes, of course, Joe, I can see Joe Root. Joe Root played one of the best T20 innings I've ever seen for England against South Africa in 2016. When being faced with being knocked out, they hadn't chased down 220. Um, they would have been exited the tournament and he scored 80-odd of the best runs, or some of the best runs I've seen in a chase. Three beautiful innings. He can, of course, if Owen Morgan can play a, a role in an IPL side, and, I, and Owen Morgan hasn't been particularly consistent over the last few years in IPL cricket, um, certainly Joe Root can as well. Right, we've dealt with an awful lot of issues over the last few weeks, but I think it's, I think it's right that we've left the most serious and most important till last. Uh, over the last couple of days, I've been reading the excellent um, Tales from the Front Line, the autobiography of the uh, Knotts bowler, Luke Fletcher. Now, in it, he tells a story about... Um, 
He's a, he's a big lad and therefore uh, prone, shall we say, to perspiring a little. And he told a story that um, one umpire on the first-class circuit actually refused to take his cap from him <laughs> during a game because it was so rank. And what he actually used to do was sort of take a little Ziploc back, uh, bag with him out, the umpire, and said he simply held out this bag for Fletch to put his cap into, Ziploc the bag, and then put it into his pocket for the over while he was bowling. And the, the story is, Fletch says... He will, he says, on the county circuit, he is renowned for having the second worst cricket hat on the circuit. Everyone accepts that. The undisputed number one was Steve Harmison. <laughs> yeah, Steve Harmison, how do you plead? Yes, I plead guilty. I had the worst hat. But uh, to be fair, let's be fair, I think I, I think I had the same hat the same hat for about 40-odd test matches for England, as well as for Durham. I used to wear the same hat all the time, not like some people who would lose their things. And it, it meant a lot to me to wear the same, same piece of material that I was given the very first time I, I represented my club or my country. So uh, in fairness, that is my defence. Um, it actually got worse as my career got on. Not that I was a bigger sweater. I just got bigger as a person. Um, so can you imagine what Goffey's must have been like by the time he finished oh, playing? Yeah, no. So, But no, yes, I did. I'm guilty as charged. I did have that hat. And do you know where them hats are now, Macca? John? Hopefully a long, long way away. No, they're not. They are, they are on, they are, they were made into golf club head covers because instead of being in the bottom of a drawer, I play golf what, four or five times a week. So I got them made into the same size as my head covers for my driver and my three wood and my rescue wood. And I now see them every single day I play golf because that's how much them caps mean to me. It is a beautiful image and it's a beautiful way to end our coverage of the IPL 2020. Harmi, thank you very much for the last few weeks. It's been absolutely, absolutely pleasure, Macca. Brilliant. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.